it happen. Whoop, whoop. Yes, it is the Hardcore Marketing Show. And I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact on a mission to help you maximize your use of marketing automation and CRM. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. Now today's guest. Today's guest is an inspiring marketer. He's an inspiring human. He is a teacher, a friend, a rapper, an energizer. He's got professional chops too. He's the CEO of Ajax Union, a what? B2B marketing agency in New York City. He is also the host of a podcast called The Breakthrough Maze, where he does live coaching on the podcast. This guy started out as an average Joe, and now he's the king of motivation. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Alphilbaum, how are you, sir? Yay, I am doing fantastic. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. That was a great intro. Thanks, man. Well, you just have so much to say. I mean, you know, it's almost like I need to, you know, just list out a whole show just to introduce you. Yeah, no, I do have a big intro and there's <laughs> I've I've accomplished so much over the past couple of years and I am humbled by the amount of things that I've done that I've actually succeeded at, but also by the amount of things that I failed at, the amount yeah. of things that I've tried and I haven't finished and I've started and I haven't finished, but you know, this morning I was thinking to myself about that and I was thinking, you know what? It's okay to fail as long as you succeed most of the time. It's kind of like day trading. It's okay to fail as long as you're up at the end of the day and you're right. beating the market. It's okay. Well, you got to learn from it, right? You yeah. Just gotta, you can't just keep doing the same thing. I heard, but, a, I heard an Olympian that came to EO New York to talk about um, the difference between winning and losing. He's like, there are no losers. There are either winners or learners. You got to keep learning. And I guess the loser would be the person who lost and learned nothing. Yeah. And well, those are the people that are the most frustrated because they keep losing and not learning. And if you're not learning, you're not truly winning. That's true. That's true. I love learning and I can't wait to learn from you. And today's topic, sir, is all about nurturing. This was that roadmap for marketing automation, for marketing in general, right? We, we talked to people in January about knowing their buyer, having a buyer interview, learning about what's making them tick, building personas. We talked about setting up reporting, to your point, so you know if you're winning or losing. And we've gotten all the way to the point where now we get to the good stuff. Now we, can, we know who our buyers are. Now it's time to nurture them and not just blast them into oblivion. And I know you just, you're, a, you're a nurturer. I mean, you nurture your students. You nurture the people you even just meet at networking events. So I, what's your take? What? What is nurturing? And in fact, do you want to like smash some myths right at the beginning? Just yeah. blow some stuff up? Let's smash some myths. Somebody literally yes. just commented on my LinkedIn and he said, Joe, networking doesn't work. I believe that networking <laughs> is a form of marketing. And I say, wow, networking doesn't work. What's going on with you? And they say, well, you know what? I've been going to dozens, if not hundreds of networking events and they don't seem to be working for me. It's not working because people think people have this belief that if you build it they will come right. it's a big belief but i think that's 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 like totally not true it's totally not true if you market it they will come if you just build it no one's coming that's a good no point. one's coming to look at your masterpiece you have to market it and how do you market it when it comes to networking it's about staying top of mind with people how do you market it when it comes to your business it's about nurturing your customers and adding value keyword right. add value another myth is that you can set it and forget it 
that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm like, dude, you are broke. <laughs> fix it. You got to fix it. You got to keep optimizing. You know, what I say is marketing equals testing. Yeah. Marketing, just like progress equals happiness. Yeah. If you want to be happy in personal yeah. development land, you got to have progress. Marketing equals testing. You cannot stop testing. So that's why reporting is important. That's why understanding your buyer persona is important. But nurturing is all about testing. You see, when you're nurturing your relationships, people think they're nurturing businesses. You're not nurturing businesses. You're nurturing human beings. And part of nurturing human beings is understanding their emotions. People think that you can just be logical and logical and logical and it'll work. It's not going to work. Logic only works to a certain degree. We're rational people, right? We're not rational people. We are emotional beings. The market is emotional. The buying and selling pressures has to do with people's emotions, not so much with logic. Long-term logic makes sense. Long-term, the numbers make sense. Right. But you need to tap into the emotions so the emotions really matter. So, you know, when people think about testing, you're testing out different things to see the reaction that you're going to get. And based on the reaction, that's how you can start getting more action and driving people down the funnel. Now, when it comes to the funnel, a lot of people have a very flat funnel. They just have something called the bottom of the funnel. And they believe that if they send the same message to everyone, somebody's going to eventually buy. And that couldn't be further from the truth. It's a complete and total myth. You can't just sell, 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 sell and expect water to come out of the well. What's going to end up happening is you're going to go straight to hell. That's where the campaign's going to go. (laughs) Trying to get things to rhyme. So if you want to get water from the well, what you need to do is you need to differentiate top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, and bottom of the funnel. And what you need to do is you need to send top of the funnel messages to top of the funnel prospects and bottom of the funnel messages to bottom of the funnel prospects. Most people are sending a bottom of the funnel message to a top of the funnel prospect and they're wondering why they're not taking action. What would be like a top of the funnel metric uh, message and a bottom of the funnel message? And top of the funnel is all about getting people to know who you are. Get yeah. them to know you. Middle of the funnel is getting them to trust you. And bottom of the funnel is getting them to like you, know you, trust you, like you. Now, if you want someone in the bottom of the funnel that you think they're ready to buy, don't send any buying messages to someone who doesn't even know anything. What you got to do is you got to educate people on the top of the funnel. You need to do something called education-based marketing. Add value. Don't promote yourself. Add value on the top of the funnel. The middle of the funnel is all about building trust, showing case studies, showing things that worked, showing testimonials, that type of stuff to show other people that had success and at the same time delivering value, telling a story. And the bottom of the funnel is you just being yourself. People that already know you, they already trust you. They just need to be reminded that you exist in a fun, impactful, tactful way. You got to be tactful and impactful. You can't just shove your services down the throat of somebody and expect them to buy. What they're going to be doing is they're going to end up getting rejected. They're going to be like, no, I don't want to buy it. So you got to be tactful in order for you to be impactful. That means doing a Seinfeld. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Seinfeld, but it's the show about nothing. They even have an episode about the show about nothing. You need to send emails to get them to like you, and they don't have to be about anything. They just have to be there in front of them constantly, and people are doing this. A guy named Russell Brunson wrote a book called Dot Com Secrets. He's the creator of ClickFunnels, very big direct marketer that has made tens of millions in revenue from his little thing doing this stuff. 
So I highly recommend everyone watching this to read Dotcom Secrets. But more importantly, he talks about nurturing. Nurturing your leads is all about consistently staying in front of people. Build it, you won't, they will come. No, you got to market it and also constantly changing up your game based on the reactions that you're getting. So if you see a lot of people are unsubscribing or people are not opening, you know, sometimes they put out a video and it's a total flop. You know, I recently did stand-up comedy on the same stage as Jerry Seinfeld. And one of the things I learned about stand-up is you're going to bomb most of the time. <laughs> you're gonna, and you're going like? to succeed where you didn't even know you succeeded. What was that like? Crickets? In, in, Crickets. How did, you, how did you deal with that? I practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced. And I just did it. And I went out there and I got out there and I did it. And some of the things that I did not expect people to laugh at, they laughed at. And some <laughs> of the things that I wanted them to laugh at, crickets and i just turned it into like a joke improvisational joke but sure. you know at the end of the day is you try some, something it's sometimes it's funny that it wasn't funny if you know what i mean yeah. you know you like you try to be funny and it does, it's not funny like for example I, I was telling last night we were sitting with our eo forum and we were talking about you know jokes like what's your favorite joke what's a joke so i said an interviewee recently came to my office i have an open house and i invite 20 30 people because i'm looking to hire six people and I don't want to do the one-on-ones, one-on-ones, one-on-ones. I just basically have everybody come at the same time and we have a little party and I get to meet people. And then after we do an assessment, so we're sitting around. And I say, okay, what's a joke? So somebody's like, I have a joke for you. I'm like, go. He's like, what is the pirate's favorite letter? And I said, R. And I was, he's like, no, might. It's the C. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. that's so corny. <laughs> it's so corny. But it was funny. I laughed. You know, it was cute, corny, funny. I laughed. It was, it was cute. So, you know, you got to have, I, I tell entrepreneurs, you got to have that one joke that you really appreciate, that you like. And some of the jokes that we said, I, they're, they're not uh, PG friendly. I'm not going to mention them. But, you know, at the end of the day is you got to be prepared. If you're not prepared, like with comedy, you got to be prepared. In marketing, you have to be prepared. You got to be prepared and you got to learn what works, what doesn't work, test out different material. And that's how you're going to be able to be successful at nurturing leads, nurturing people, nurturing friends, nurturing lovers. That's the way it works. Totally. And you, you brought up a really cool point. Now, you've got a class on networking, and it sounds like someone had asked you that question. But I think it's even closer. Uh, there's some lessons. One of the key things you taught right at the beginning of that networking class uh, ties so much into marketing. And it was the idea that you don't go into a room and you're like, it's all about me. Like, how many leads can I get? How much business can I get? How many deals can I close? You go in there and you're serving other people. And man, what kind of a parallel can we draw to the nurturing emails, like providing value for people, reaching out to them? It, it, so many companies are all about me. And then people see that. It's just a turnoff. Yeah, it's a very big turnoff when it's all about you. What you want to do is you want to take yourself out of the equation. And you want to say, how can I add value to your life? You know, the reason why HubSpot was so successful and getting its user base and became like the thought leader when it comes to this, this stuff is because they're consistently putting out tremendous amount of incredible information. They they're are, just yeah. putting out massive, massive, massive value. So in your industry, are you putting out massive value or are you just basically sending out sales messages to cold prospects? It's not going to work. That stuff used to work when people were not fishing for information and they were getting information from sales reps but by the time your buyer comes to you, they're already educated. And if you're yeah. not the one that educated them, you're not the one that's going to get the deal most of the time because people want to do business with the thought leaders in the space. They don't want to do business with the person who's not sharing any information. So right. share information, add value, educate your customers. And by the way, for us, the best customer is an educated consumer, somebody that wants 
B2B marketing, somebody that wants sales enablement, someone that wants us to create the assets for them and promote the assets for them, those are the best customers for us. Somebody that's already knows what's cooking, not someone that has no idea how marketing adds value, that doesn't have a budget, that doesn't value a persona, that just wants to try to get as much as possible from everybody and anybody. That doesn't work for us. It used to work for us, but it doesn't work for us anymore. People can smell that. They can see it a mile away. You know, it's like that car. People don't like buy car, buying cars because they just know. They just know walking the door, man, this person's all about them, you know, or all about that, that person, not the customer. Like, it just kind of icky. Yeah, and it's all about delivering value. So the question is, how can you, you know, when you're thinking about nurturing, think about how can you deliver the maximum amount of value to somebody and stay in front of them? You know, somebody once said, if you send emails, somebody once told me, if you send emails to your customers too often, they're going to get annoyed. I said, they're only going to get annoyed if you're not adding consistent value. If you're adding right. consistent value and it's short and it's to the point, you know, I send out an email to thousands of CEOs every single Sunday. And you might say, well, you're probably getting millions of unsubscribes. First of all, if I'm sending thousands, I can't get millions of unsubscribes. There's not <laughs> enough people. That math doesn't work, people. That math doesn't work. <laughs> but I do get unsubscribes. And yeah. oftentimes, I reach out to the people that unsubscribe and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm just cleaning out my email. I have this new email. I'll add it. You know, like it's, it's not what you think. It's not that you're annoying people. People actually get value from my emails and they see me on the street and they tell me, Joe, oh my God, I love getting your emails every single week. And these are busy entrepreneurs wow. that get hundreds of emails every day and they love getting my emails because I'm consistently adding value. Same thing with our company. With Facebook, I update multiple times per day. Anyone that complains could unfriend me. Anyone that doesn't like it can leave the group. They don't have to be part of it. But there are people that love it. And those are my target demographic. Those are the people that I want to stay in front of. Those are the people that I constantly need to stay in front of so that I can keep nurturing them. And eventually they could A, either turn into clients or B, turn into word of mouth, which is even right. better than a client. What's better than a client? Two referrals. <laughs> yeah. Two referrals in a basket. You know, one client in a basket. That, you know what? I, I, can, I can relate to that because as I, you know, I, I get your... I don't know if I get your emails, but I know I definitely get all the things on Facebook and, and it's never like, Hey, it's all about me or go buy this or go buy that. It's some kind of inspiration or some kind of just a little nugget to take with you, you know? And one of the nuggets I got from uh, that recent networking class was to pick your top 20, you know, just write down who you want to go after. And um, that ties into marketing and targeting, but it was just a little nugget and I appreciated it. So to your point, yeah, getting a little nugget every now and then or a weekly consistent basis. And you said consistent earlier. It's not like you can send them 30 emails. Yeah, you know, even if they're great, send them 30 emails tomorrow. You don't you don't get fit, you know, running one race. And I know you just ran what a half marathon? Yeah, I ran a half a marathon and I did it tried to do it 5 years ago, but I totally messed up. I totally failed. A mile 10. I was 95 pounds heavier than I am today and I Gosh. failed that one and I, I didn't want to tell anybody I was so ashamed so embarrassed and finally after working on myself for the past five years mostly doing mind work yeah working on my mind I was able to finish this half marathon the New York City half marathon in two hours and nine minutes and I did it while fasting so I did not eat anything the day of the marathon I just had my electrolytes my water yep. and I rocked it out and I felt so good when I crossed that finish line I felt so good. And I shared the journey with my friends, with my yeah. fans, with my followers, and people appreciated the sentiment. People appreciated how emotional I got and the journey that I've gone through. And does that turn into business? No, it doesn't turn into business. What it turns into deep, deep, deep nurtured relationships, which eventually, when they're ready, they will do business. Right. You know, I, I had a question for you. Uh, sales, right? You know, we're, 
a lot of marketers here. There's some sales folks. We're going to have sales. The themes in a couple months, it's going to be aligning with sales and getting them involved. What's your take on, you know, we've got marketing, we're nurturing. Do you get sales involved at some point? Are people putting, not realizing you can separate the, the two? Like, wh- how do you draw the line there? And, and how do you ensure that things are tied together? It used to be that sales and marketing were completely separate, that marketing right. would go out and market people and sales would go out and close people and that's it. But in today's day and age, marketing is doing a lot more of the sales work. It's doing a lot more and a lot more. And sales needs to be a lot doing a lot more of the marketing work. So the integration mm-hmm. is more important than ever. The great thing about salespeople, especially seasoned salespeople, is they know what the hell they're talking about. They've been doing this for a really long time. And the best salespeople are the best product knowledge people. A really, really good salesperson knows every rebuttal, knows every detail. They are the experts. So if you're a marketer and you're not tapping into the knowledge, the information, the value of your sales team, you're missing out. I would... If I was a marketing director of a B2B company, I would be interviewing my sales reps every week, asking them what's new in the market. Yeah. What questions are you asking? What's new features and benefits of a product? Why should somebody buy? What are the top questions that customers should be asking you that they're not asking you? And just featuring the sales rep and just constantly nurturing your leads with the sales team. Getting effort of the sales team to be integrated into your marketing approach is probably the, one of the most important things that you can do in your business to be able to drive leads, to be able to nurture the leads, get them involved early, early in the conversation. You know, one of the best experiences I had at one company was I was brand new sales rep, uh, not, not sales rep, brand new marketer, single marketer in a you know small consulting company, bunch of sales reps. And I just sat in on some of the phone calls where they were calling out to the leads that had just come in. And, and it was pretty crazy because some of these people weren't even leads. The, you know, the first questions one person asked was, who are you and what do you do again? And I was just like, this is not qualified. You should not even be talking to this person. Marketing, we got some work to do to inform this person about some things before they talk to a human here. But once we did that, you know, I kept doing those phone calls and, and then I heard the conversation shift to, yeah, this is really cool. How much is this? You know, they started sort of taking that next step or even lower in the funnel because we had already educated them earlier. Yeah, look, a lot of times marketing can make the salesperson's job much easier mm. by qualifying leads. We had a company called MakerBot. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but they manufacture 3D printers. And they had a team of 25 sales reps and they were doing digital marketing and they contacted us and they're like, we're not getting enough leads. And we said, okay, let's take a look at your B2B leads that are coming in. Let's see what's going on. And what we noticed very quickly was that many of the leads that were getting in, they weren't getting enough leads, but many of the leads that were getting in were high quality. So we said, if there's a high quality lead that are very conversion friendly, why don't we up the budget and get rid of the low quality leads by taking out the word. So we said, if we optimize your AdWords, we'll double your ad flow without even increasing your budget. We just have to redirect your budget. Right. They said, okay, let's redirect your budget. So we went and we redirected their budget and they, their, they, their sales leads basically doubled. Now the problem was that their best sales reps were not getting the best leads and they were losing business because they were getting inundated with a low quality leads. So they said, what do we do now? We said Marketo because they already paid for Marketo. We need to start marketing automation for you. So they said, well, we tried to do it. We can't get it right. We're not getting the email logic sequences. We tried to do it with this agency. They said it's going to take six months. I said, let's start one sequence. 
Right. Let's start a qualifying sequence, and that'll take two weeks yeah. to do. So let's quickly do that. So we did that, and right away we were able to score leads, and we were able to send the best leads to the best sales reps, and their sales skyrocketed from there. And that started a very long engagement with us and them and helping them be able to significantly increase not only the amount of leads they got, but also the quality of their leads without the sales reps being inundated with unqualified leads. And you know, the crazy thing was that marketing was taking the unqualified leads and over time, getting those leads that initially were not qualified and nurturing them yeah. to be able to qualify them over time. Because sometimes the reason why somebody's not qualified is because they're not ready to do business right now, yep. but they're a perfectly good lead in six months from now sure. to keep them warm, keep them involved, send them webinars, send them articles, send them information, add value, ask them questions, invite them to events, keep them in your crosshairs. Eventually, two things might happen. Either they'll start doing business with you or they'll refer business to you. Right. Right. Tell me about that. So the whole point of it was like a multi-email nurture campaign. You built it in marketing automation. The whole goal was to qualify. Was it like panning for gold? You're just trying to see, hey, where are those little nuggets at? And what, what kind of logic did you have in that? Or what kind of what kind of content did you put into that? So number one is trying to figure out who are these people? Who are they? Are they institutions or yeah. are they individuals? Because the sales team was dealing with institutions. So right away, you separate that. You do an approach. You ask them a question. Are you this? Are you that? Right? So that yep. splits them up into two categories. Then we care about the institutions more. The other people, we send them on a whole nother journey to discover the product and to figure out what they want and to how say big machine, little machine, how oh, often are you going to do it? You so know, things like that. The buyers isn't like a company buying. You wanted that. It was a bigger transaction potentially. Yeah. Some dude that just loves 3D printing and want to get his own little mini printer. Exactly. So we had to separate that yeah. to identify the d two different types of buyers. So now Perfect. within, so then we do need to identify, are we dealing with the influencer? Are we dealing with the decision maker? Are we dealing with the actual user or right. maybe even the buyer? But for the most part, those three things. Then figure out who the person is. So we had different articles that would qualify them by them clicking on an article based on what their need is because we knew who their personas were, right? Yeah. So if we understand who the buyer persona is, then we could have different things that would interest the CEO or that would interest the actual user or that would interest the decision maker, which was maybe the VP of whatever, right? Yeah. So we would identify who they are based on what information they were engaging with. And then we would invite them to some type of a webinar where we can train them further or we try to figure out, do you want a quote right now? Click here to get a quote right now. And within the quoting form, we would identify how many how many, how often they use it or how many machines they need or things like that, like information, how ready are they to buy? And if they're not ready to buy and they want more information, we can send them through a whole nother journey that teaches them about a particular machine or a particular need. And so we created the email logic that way and we were quickly able to identify the people that were ready to buy, that were the decision makers. And you know, within a very short period of time, we were showing them the leads that they were able to go out and proactively reach out to based on the actions that people were taking. You know, there are three very popular technologies that we now use for almost all of our B2B clients when it comes to identifying lead identification, lead nurturing, conversion optimization, all that stuff. And one of them is, we call it B2B analytics, where we identify who are, what are the names of the companies that are actually coming to your website. So when somebody comes to my website, when somebody goes to ajaxunion.com, yeah. if we identify them as a, as a potential qualified customer, if they fit into our amazing client criteria, 
What we'll do is we'll find out the decision makers' email addresses using our technology. We know the names of the companies, who works there, and what their emails are. Mm -hmm. So this is totally automated without them having to do anything. We get that information in an email right away. We see the name of the company, how much revenue they do, where they are, what they do, like all the information, and then who the people are that work there together with their emails. So we go in there, we take some of those people, we take the influencers or the decision makers' emails, and we put them into an automation sure. that basically says, hey, we noticed you came to our website. <laughs> check out this page. Check out our podcast. Check out, And over time, right. we're communicating with them to get them to come back to the website. Right. And then we see them coming back. And because we're more of an account-based marketing play, not so much spraying and praying, but identifying right. the right people, it works for us as an agency right. for, our, for ourselves. And then for our customers, it also works. So that's number one, lead identification and creating nurturing for people who just visit your website. Number two is mouse uh, heat maps. So what we'll do is we'll implement technology that will tell you, we'll show you videos of every person that came to your website and what they actually did on your website. Right. It's very important for you to review this information so that you can optimize your funnel so that you can add new email automation campaigns, so that you can add better nurturing campaigns because if somebody comes and they're lost, guide them and mm -hmm. teach them and show them. And sometimes people fill out forms, but they don't hit submit. So you want to get that information yeah. as well. So we're able to collect all that information and show it to the sales team and say, hey, look at this. Look what this person did. Look what that person right. did. So we know the names of the companies. We know who works there. And now we have a video of what they did. In addition to that, when somebody goes and types something in in Google, but then calls you, they didn't even go to your website, they called you or they called you and they went to your website and they did something, we can actually see who that person was that called you, what they did on your website and what company they were from. So we can tie it all together, take the call. When somebody calls you, you know what keyword they typed into Google, what they did as a video on the website. You could actually see them browsing your website and what they did. Sure. And then you see the names of their companies and who else works there and all that. So very powerful technologies to help you be able to nurture the leads that you're going after. I love that, man. Do you, do you, you, you game naming some names? Cause I, I bet people are all like, Oh man, tell me what tools do you prefer? I'm sure you've tried a million so, of these out. Yeah. So if you go to our website, ajaxunion.com, um, you can find our product called B2BX and you can get a demo of the product, which basically is, has the whole marketing stack included in it. And we also offer monthly strategy sessions with our clients. So, so not only do we give you all the tools, what? You created your own product to do those three things? Yeah. So we, we did something called a marketing stack. We put together wow. popular products, became a reseller. We offered it for cheaper than what it costs right. you to buy directly from the companies. Got it. Makes sense. And we include a monthly call. Now, for us, that's a lead-in product to our, to our services. Right. So what we want to do is we'll lose money on that. We'll get you to sign up to that um, for a couple dollars a day. You'll sign up to that to those technologies. But then the crazy thing was we'll get on a call with you once a month and we'll say, hey, you need to create a landing page. Hey, you need to start sending out evergreen articles. You need to be able to optimize your website, this, that. You need a new website, whatever it is that you need. And they'll be like, yeah, sure, send us an SOW. And sometimes it turns into a client that spends thousands of dollars with us because we're, or they could do it themselves. You know, oftentimes they can do it themselves or we give them resources to do it themselves. Right. But oftentimes it could lead into a lot of project work for us. So for us, it's a no-brainer. It's kind of like a lost leader. We lose money on this strategy thing called B2BX. We give them tons and tons of information, tons of value. We help them decipher that and add more sales and more deals. While at the same time, we help them be able to um, use our services if they're interested. Now, we also have another lead-in product called the B2B Marketing Bootcamp, the strategy bootcamp that teaches companies how to create a written digital marketing strategy. So if you want to watch 
If you want more information about that, you can go to ajaxine.com slash bootcamp. And for a few hundred dollars, we can educate you how you can write your very own written digital marketing strategy. Most people don't know how to do that or they spend tens of thousands of dollars to do it. And we can show you how to, in yeah. a few hours, we can show you how to kind of do it yourself and give you all the handouts and all the tools and everything that you need in order for you to do that. And no doubt people, hey, it, it, you're doing what you talked about earlier, educational-based marketing. You're like, look, I'm just here to teach you. And the, the smarter people will go, this is cool. I've learned a lot, but man, I would love to work with the teacher. I would love to hire that group that they've already shown me they know what they're talking about. Now let's get them involved and have them you know, improve my AdWords or something like that. I had a guy That's who cool. had, had a course creation company. And I said, what's your biggest issue? He said, my biggest issue is a lot of times I get people who haven't completed their courses and they can't sign on as a customer because they haven't finished their courses and they're thought leaders. So I said, why don't you create a course for free that teaches you how to complete your course? He's <laughs> like, holy shit, that's a great idea. So he went and created a course about how to create courses, how to finish courses, you know, because you have your idea. How do you, get, how do you get it just rolling? Yeah. And he did it and he was able to sign on hundreds of people that took the course and anyone that was serious about it actually took it, finished it and signed up because now they don't have an excuse. And then he had to nurture those leads through his course, right? right. To finish the course about how to finish their courses. Right. <laughs> That's super meta. That's meta. Yeah. meta. yeah. That's cool. Hey, question. You mentioned earlier that your company very much an ABM play. I mean, you talked about identifying what persona for your, for your customer, at least what persona they were, maybe what role they are at the company. Yeah. And it sounds like with PDBX, that sounds really cool. I'm going to check that out. Um, you're identifying, Hey, who's the right person? Who is the, the CEO, the decision maker of this company? Let's reach out to them, not to everybody else. What's your take? ABM's gotten a lot of airplay. There's a lot of new software about it. Some people say it's been around. It's nothing new. It's, it's just nothing new. Stick. But what, what's, what's your take on ABM and just the whole resurgence of it all? So ABM has always been around. It's always been popular. And at the end of the day, it all depends on, on how much value each account has to your business. If an account has a tremendous amount of value to your business, if you can make 100000 to a $1 million a year off an account, and so it might be worth it for you to create a marketing strategy around that account. Mm -hmm. Instead of creating just a general one, trying to get as much as possible and then getting a bunch of unqualified leads, yeah. what you might want to do is create a strategy for that specific account. And what that strategy would look like is identify the four different types of buyer centers within the organization, maybe the decision maker, maybe the influencer, maybe the user, maybe the buyer, figure out who they are, specifically the people that they are, and then target them directly with very specific messages to try to get them to give them value. So you might want to be targeting them on social media. You might want to be targeting them through email. You might want to be retargeting specifically their email address and sending them a direct message. You might want to be sending them mail, bulk mail, bulk email, heavy, thick, big. You know, you might want to send them a remote control car yeah. without the remote. Well, I, you know, I've heard they that. meet you know, me for the remote. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Instead of you know, spending 10 cents on everybody and everybody gets a tchotchke they don't even need, you know, when you isolate your targets, and to your point, if that account is actually worth it, not if it's a $20 account, but if it's 100K, a million, it's, a, it's worth it, then 
now you can you can spend more money on them. Hey, here's a here's a hundred and whatever dollar drone. Drones are cool. Yeah, um, you know, and you get their attention. I recently saw an ad that somebody says we're looking for coaches, uh, agencies, and entrepreneurs and i was thinking to myself well those three things are a little bit different right like are you targeting <laughs> yeah. coaches are you talking agencies are you targeting entrepreneurs and i realized that if he, if he just if he and then i saw another ad <laughs> another guy that literally just targets fitness coaches yeah he doesn't target anyone else he targets yeah. fitness coaches and i read that and i was like i want to use his services i thought to myself i want to use his services but the truth is i don't because he targets fitness coaches so anyone that's a fitness coach that watches his videos wants to sign up. And he built a multi-million dollar business within a very short period of time, only targeting fitness coaches that are super hungry that want to get to 100K a month in revenue. Now, not all fitness coaches want to get to 100K a month in revenue. Some of them are happy with 50K a year. Right. But if you're hungry enough that you want to figure out how to get to 100K in revenue, obviously you'll pay this guy 10K, take his course. Yep. And he's gotten hundreds of people to do this. And he's built a multi-million dollar business by targeting one niche with one specific message. Right. So the law of, of being specific, the blue ocean strategy versus the red ocean where all the sharks are, if you can be prolific and you can be super specific with your message, the likelihood of you actually getting somebody's ear on social media or on video or through a webinar is much higher. Somebody said, Joe... We're targeting CEOs of companies that are a million to five million in revenue that are specific digital marketing agencies. And we want to show you the three ways to be able to hire better employees because I'm on a hiring rampage right now, right? My business is growing. I'm looking to hire new employees. Things are really, really well. My networking is taking off and people are just contacting me. It's amazing, right? Cool. And now I need to get new employees. So I have this issue that I need to know. So if a recruiter said, I do recruiting specifically, for yeah. digital marketing agencies, and I want to teach you the three things that you need to do in order to get better employees and make them stick, I would probably sign up to that webinar because I am a right. digital marketing CEO that's a million to five million revenue. I want to do that. I want right. to sign up to that. But people don't say that. People say, you need employees? We can get you employees. I don't need employees. That doesn't speak to me. Right. It's too bad that earlier example didn't say and in that are you an entrepreneur, an agency, and a coach? Because then you'd be like, that is me. You know, you are all three. But they said they said more, and that did yeah. that, that kind of that turned you off. But if they said and, you'd be like, how did you know? There's only eight of us on this planet, and I'm one of them. Somebody asked me today, Joe. He said, if you're so successful at your agency and you're doing so well, why are you even coaching entrepreneurs? Why are you teaching people? Sure. And I said, have you ever taken one of my courses? Have you ever taken my goal setting course or my networking course or been in a coaching session with me? They're like, no. I was like, well, you see how passionate, how excited I am about teaching people and how I want to be able to make a difference in people's lives and help them be able to take their business and their life to the next level. And you'll see why I'm doing that. And they're like, so why don't you do that full time? And I said, I would do that full time. But right now I have a business to run and I really love my marketing agency and I love the employees that I get to, to support and to coach and to work with and my clients. Right. So that's why I kind of do both. And I feel like it fulfills me. I feel very, very fulfilled from both. But you know, I was always scared of doing coaching myself and I've just been nurturing potential clients for a really long time. And people have been asking me, Joe, coach me, coach me, coach me, coach me. And I said, not yet, not yet, not yet. So when I opened the door to doing it, suddenly I got an influx of clients because I've been nurturing them for so long. So nurturing really works. It does in all aspects. 
and really seeds that whole area. Man, I'm, I'm curious, who are you? Where did you come from? You have all these experiences and, and now you're this, I mean, the mojo, the mojo nation is strong. And to your point, you've been nurturing it for years. And obviously, you know, successes aren't overnight, right? You didn't just run a half marathon. It took all those other sessions. It took all those other selfies, jumping off of park benches, all those things. Where, where, take us back, take us back to, you know, OG Joe, back in OG the day. average Joe. Joe. Yo, yo, yo. My name is Joe. I'm the V2V2V sales pro. I wasn't always this way. Yeah. I I used to be really, really afraid that other people would judge me. Hmm. I was really, I knew that, I knew that there was something great within me. I've kind of felt like, oh, there's something great. I I can really do really well. But I was afraid to rap. I was afraid to be myself. I was afraid to be self-expressed because... I had a tremendous amount of fear of being judged or being an idiot or sounding stupid or not being able to tap into opportunity. Like, what if somebody sees me and then they don't want to do business with me? Right. What if somebody sees me and then they just don't like it and they say something bad about me? And now I say, so what? So what if somebody sees me and they don't want to do business with me? So what if somebody sees me and they say something bad about me? Whatever. That's just their opinion. And they're, you know, they, I heard this very, very strong thing that said, People, people that hate you today are one day going to love you. And people that love you today are one day going to hate you. So just do your thing. Just do your freaking thing because people are so conflicted. The people who are jealous, one day are going to be your biggest followers. And the people that are your biggest followers, one day are going to be jealous. So just do your thing. Add value. So I just decided to go do this. So who was I? I was this person that just wanted to make money. That's what I was. I was a person that I just said, I just want to make a living. I want to be able to have financial freedom. And I worked really, really hard. I didn't look at my health. I didn't look at my relationships. I didn't look at all the things that actually matter in life. And I was just out there trying to make it. And what I realized very quickly when I started meeting really successful people in entrepreneurs organizations and the young professionals organization, the YPO, and the YJP and Vistage. And I started meeting all these people. I started realizing that if you want to be really successful, you got to slow down and you got to ask yourself, what does success really look like? So I started hiring coaches because I always thought that I was the smartest person around. I didn't need a coach. Who needs a coach? Coaches are dumb. What I realized is coaches are not dumb. Coaches, right. I I thought that I was the smartest person in the room, but I need to be the dumbest person in the room if I actually want to learn something. Totally. So over time, probably over the past, I I would say when when my son was born, my son's turning five. So when my son was born, I had this awakening and I started realizing that I wasn't aware. I was not aware. I had a lack of awareness. Hmm. I was 265 pounds. I was afraid of doing selfies. I was afraid of putting my video out online. I was afraid of my employees. I was afraid of my clients. I would run away from my clients because I was afraid that if they would contact me, they would want a discount or they would want to leave. I was actually legitimately, I had 1,100 clients that I serviced. And I was actually, and I basically sat with one of my current clients now and we had this conversation and he's like, I don't want to talk to my clients. I said, why not? He's like, I'm afraid if they talk to me, they're going to ask me for a discount or they're going to want to leave. And I was like, holy crap. I literally had the same fear. It's a real common fear that CEOs have at some point in their life. And what I realized is that the more that I communicate with my clients, the more they want to stay, not the more they want to leave, the more they want to refer. So I had to get in touch with my fears. You know that fear stands for false evidence that appears real. We hear this a lot, but people don't realize how much fear stops you. Fear stops everything. 
So in order for you to own your business, really own your business, you got to own your life first, which means you got to own your fear and realize that just because you're uncomfortable, it doesn't mean that it's the wrong thing to do. People think, oh, I'm uncomfortable. It's not good for me to be on social media because it makes me uncomfortable because I'm a private person. Dude, if you're in business, you're not a private person. You are a public personality and you need to create a show and entertain your prospects so that they actually want to do business with you. And somebody's like, but Joe, I'm ugly. And I was like, so what if you're ugly? He's like, what do you mean? I don't want people to see me. I was like, people see you anyway. That's number one. And number two is, have you ever seen a rock star? Have you ever seen a rock star on stage? A rock star is pretty. Rock stars are not pretty. Okay, no. rock stars have like faces that are like all smashed up, right? Yeah. And they're all, and do they even have good voices? Most of them have terrible voices. A lot of makeup, a lot of auto-tune. A lot of yeah. auto-tune, a lot of makeup, a lot of acting. And the reality is people love rock stars because they show up fully and authentically. Sure. So you got to be a rock star. We say this in EO, right? You win the rock star award. Yeah. Be a rock star. That means be all in show up fully and just do the best that you can do. And if you don't like something, get better at it, get better at it, get better at it. That's the key. The key is to figure out how to constantly get better because progress equals happiness. You're not going to get fulfillment unless you're happy. So who was I? I was this person that didn't understand this. I didn't know any of this that bought books, but didn't read them. Have you ever bought a book and didn't read it? I have hundreds of books that I used to buy just because it was a good book, but I never made time to read it. I had hundreds of relationships that I've built, but I haven't had time to follow up with them because when I got home from the networking event, I just had more to do and more to do and more to do and more to do. And now instead of going deeper, I would do more. So when I learned the art of going deeper, the art of few, the art of the one-on-one conversation, the art of learning about myself and journaling, I started growing as an individual and I realized that I get a lot more fulfillment from making a difference in one person's life than me trying to make fulfillment in millions of lives and not getting anywhere. So one person at a time, one relationship at a time. Some people say, Joe, sometimes I'm watching your Instagram and there's only one person watching. Why are you doing it? I said, because one person matters. It's true. One, and oftentimes I'm talking to myself. So I went from being a person who was totally self-conscious. I still built one of the fastest growing companies in America, mind you. So just because somebody is on the top of the Inc. 5000, even if he's self-made, it doesn't mean they're aware. It doesn't mean, that means just they're working really, really hard. Doesn't mean they're working smart. 75% of companies on the Inc. 5000 are not profitable. Wow. Most of the companies, the 5,000 companies are not, they're making a lot of revenue they're growing their top line. I mean, if you're growing your top line at two, three, four hundred percent, you either have funding or you're spending all your money to grow. You're <laughs> yeah. not profitable, but that might be smart. I always thought eventually I'll make money, yeah. but I grew too fast and I made a mistake. I made many mistakes. I grew too fast. You got to slow down. You got to slow and steady wins the race. And I had to reorganize and reprioritize. And I decided I don't want to work with 1,100 clients. I want to work with 30. Yeah. We work with 30 clients. We don't work with 1,100 anymore. We work with handful. 1,100, I was like, holy moly. And you run an agency. How are you supposed to to onboard 1,100 clients? (laughs) Big party, maybe? Man, uh, take us back because I I, I learned a little bit about you. You actually went to school, not for marketing. (sighs) Yeah, when I grew up in an Orthodox Jewish home and 
I learned to be a rabbi. I mean, this was, this is all we learned. We learned Torah. We learned to be a rabbi. And this is what you need to do. You need to go out and learn Torah all day. And, you know, it was great. You know, I felt connected with God, with spirituality, with whatever, right? I'm connected. I'm loving it. I'm learning Torah. And then one day I buy a computer and I'm like, holy crap. There's the internet. Yeah, right? <laughs> Where have you been all my life? And suddenly I just fell in love with, you know, I'm, I'm a problem solver. I'm a strategist. Yeah. I love, sol I'm a troubleshooter. The reason why I'm so great as an IT guy is so, the reason I'm so great at SEO, at marketing, at, at personal development is because I love solving problems. I'm right. super curious. I'm super creative and I love making jokes. So what I, I love having fun. So for me, getting on the computer and mastering the computer was a very big priority to me. And so I had a decision I had to make. Was I going to be a rabbi or was I going to be a computer expert? I decided I'm going to be, do both. So I finished my rabbinical degree and I went to go work for askmoses.com. And what I realized is, is that like I want to... Ask Jeeves? It's kind of like Ask Jeeves, but it's askmoses.com. It, <laughs> awesome. it was actually a website in LA. So I, went, I moved to LA for a whole year. Really? What was that like? That was so much freaking fun. That was so much fun. I was a bachelor. I wasn't married then. I was 22 years old. Right? And I was having a blast. I went Darren. to Russia. I, yeah, I, like, I had so much freaking fun. And I was building websites for people on the side. I had an eBay business. I was selling my mother's earmuffs. My mother had a <laughs> boutique. I would take all her earmuffs that she couldn't yeah. sell in her store, sell it on eBay. And I was just living the life, learning, yeah. learning Flash, learning Dreamweaver, yeah. learning how to do HTML. I had IT guys that had very successful businesses that were doing millions in revenue calling me up for advice on how to manage a server because I was also managing the IT for askmoses.com and their wow. server closet and like the whole environment, reformatting computers. And I had so much fun running the help desk and the server administration. And then when I got married, I moved back to New York and I decided I'm going to start my own web design agency and my own IT company and a business that builds shacks and wow. a bunch of different things. And then I ended up getting a full-time job because I had a very difficult time in my marriage. Um, we lost our first baby to a stillbirth. and It was a very, very difficult time. I was very depressed. I got rid of all my businesses. And then by me going out and helping other people, I got re-energized and reinvigorized and I restarted doing my little businesses. And eventually Ajax wow. Union was the number one business. And my, I met a partner and he basically said, Joe, if you want to be successful, you got to get rid of all the other things you're doing and put all your eggs in this basket. Wow. So I took a leap of faith and I did that. And with all the energy and focus and everything that I put into Ajax Union, we were able to build it to be number 178 on the Inc. 5000 as one of the fastest growing companies in America, service 1,100 clients, change the world, yeah. and thankfully become financially independent. Like I'm very, very happy right now. And now it's all about making a difference, turning around businesses, helping people out. I do coaching calls for free with people on my podcast, The Breakthrough Maze. You mentioned that. Yeah. I love doing that. I, you know, people's like, coach me, Joe, but I can't afford to pay you. I said, okay, no problem. Let's just record it so other people can benefit. And I have hundreds of people that listen to the coaching calls and they're like, oh my God, I totally resonated with that. It was so helpful. Thank you so much. So now I took on a few coaching clients one-on-one. -on -one, and now I'm also doing group coaching through my master classes and things like that. Right. And now my passion is I'm learning the stock market. So I'm learning how to trade. I'm doing day trading, swing trading. I actually have Active Trader open right now, and I'm looking at some Scott stocks as I'm doing a podcast. I'm like, <laughs> of course, stocks. you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> and I see Sprint is down by one dollar. It's oh, like crazy, no, you know? Yeah. yeah so. so you you how you really you know things you get interested in, you're passionate about. You just sort of 
zero in and focus question um you you have this it's even a book it's a story about going from the average joe to being you know the mojo vader yeah did that happen after the company got successful did did you get all out of shape and everything as building the company or and then that transition happened afterward or how how did the timeline work for that so how did i go from average joe to ceo so i wrote a book called average joe to ceo i still have not published it yet the reason i haven't published it is because my wife just came out with a cookbook called millennial kosher and she said please do not publish your book before i publish my cookbook because i want to travel the world and i want you around for the kids and i want to be able to just have my moment you've had your moment many times i already published a book called high energy secrets which is available on highenergysecrets.com about my weight loss journey but um, my book, Average Joe CEO, details the seven stages to seven figures. And I talk about beliefs. I talk about failures. Mm. I talk about work. I talk about focus. I talk about fears, relationships, purpose. Those are the seven stages. And for me, along, that was my journey. My journey starts in my mother's store when I was a teenager, watching her suffer. For 10 years, she tried to build a business and she couldn't get over the million dollar mark. And I talk about the three self-limiting beliefs that I saw her have and I see many business owners have around luck around trust and around change. So that's the first chapter all about belief systems and the reason those? and the reason I noticed the reason I noticed that those yeah. three limiting beliefs exist is because when I tried to build my business I overcame those three limiting beliefs and I was able to build my business to a million dollars in revenue in less than 18 months. I built it really really quickly whereas my mother spent a decade she couldn't do it because she tried to get lucky. She didn't have a great strategy. Mm. She was just trying to do as much as possible and trying to get lucky. So a lot of people say that they just want to win. You just need a dollar and a dream. You don't need a dollar and a dream. You need a dollar and a marketing plan. That's what you need. You I need like a. Yeah, that's what you need. You don't need a dollar and a dream. You need a dollar and a strategy. So what's your strategy? I always tell people, what's your strategy? What's your plan? Mm-hmm. So when I coach people now, I take them through three stages of awareness, strategy, and accountability because strategy is the key component, but strategy doesn't work if you don't have awareness. You got to know what you don't see. You got to go to a coach right. and figure out your blind spots. So uh, so that's number one, luck. Trust is because my mother never trusted employees. She always said, oh, if the employee was smarter than me, she'd end up stealing my business. If the person was smarter than me, they could do it themselves. She didn't realize that entrepreneurs are like one or 5% in the, in the, in the population. Sure. Most people are not willing to take the risk to be an entrepreneur. Most people are not willing to take the risk to be out there. So a lot of people could be better at you in sales, better at you in marketing, better at you in content writing, better at you at the... So I didn't trust my employees in the beginning and I failed so many times Right. But as I started to, to see the lessons, I started trusting my employees. Now my business runs with my employees. I don't do any of the work. I don't micromanage my employees. In 2013, I wrote a, a quote. I started writing quotes when I started developing myself. I started having the confidence to even create my own quotes. And this quote was featured alongside Richard Branson and Bill Gates. It was like a quote. It was micromanage the process, not the people. And I was really proud of that when I learned the concept of just trusting your employees developing the right process. And for me, that completely changed my business, changed my life because now I hire somebody. If something goes wrong, there's nothing wrong with the person. There's something wrong with the process. And the process might be you don't have your values defined, all that stuff. And the third thing is change. One of our core values at Ajax Union is versatility. Mm-hmm. That means if, if you say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I said this earlier, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm like, dude, you are broke. You're going to be broke if you don't <laughs> fix it. You got to constantly sure. change. And in the stock market, this is huge because the stock works one time and then it stops working. You got to change your game. If you don't change your game, you're going to end up losing out. So you got to know what's going on and constantly improve, constantly improve, constantly improve. One of the basic human needs for human beings to actually be happy and feel fulfilled is progress. I say this all the time. Progress equals 
happiness. So if you're not doing, having progress, you're not feeling, you're not making contributions, you're not making a difference in people's lives, you're not going to feel motivated. Yeah. And if you're not hydrated, you're certainly not going to feel motivated, but that's a whole nother conversation well, about you know, hydration. Tell, tell everyone the quote you have, because I brought two water bottles today just for you. Yeah. Just so I always say, I always say a 5% drop in hydration is a 30% drop in energy. That means if you're not hydrated, you're not going to be motivated. You know, when I first heard you say that, I thought, who is this like New York City Tony Robbins saying all these weird quotes about hydration? And I actually Googled it. And wouldn't you know, there's a scientific study that says they tested athletes who had a 5% drop in hydration based on body mass or weight. And they had a 30% drop in, in performance. It, it literally was exactly like you've said it was. Yeah. Yeah. And I lived it myself. So I'm talking, everything I say is from personal experience. I don't share any, I'm not an expert in anything. I'm just literally sharing my life and telling you the things that have worked for me and the changes that I've made for me. And ultimately that's, that's the difference that I can make in people. I can say, listen, if you want to grow a business, if you want to do your marketing, if you want to do networking, I'm going to teach you what I learned. These are the things that I learned and that worked for me. They literally worked for me. And I just want to be able to show you the way so that's even the reason I'm even learning the stock market now is not because of any other reason other than I want to teach people how to trade stocks and show them that there is a way to make money and a way to lose money, frankly. Most of the time, you're going to be losing money when you're doing this. But once you learn the art of it, I believe you're able to consistently be, be at your own, you know, know what you're doing and figure out what you want to, how you want to invest. And also, frankly, once you learn about certain companies, you can apply some of the things that they're doing or they're not doing to your own small business. Because at the end of the day, the companies on the market, they're all real companies. They're not just fake right. companies. They have CEOs, they have employees, employees, they have shareholders, they have EBITDA, they have revenue, they have competition. It's real. You know, and what's also real is how excited you are about the diving into this financial topic. And you know, earlier when we were chatting, you even showed me on your screen that you're, just, you're tracking things, you've got charts up, you've got software, and you're you're looking at, I don't know if candlesticks is the word, but you're looking at different thing, peaks and valleys happening. And they're like, let's go check on this stock. Let's go. You're excited, man. Um, have you always Fired been up. that way? Or is this like a new passion for you that kind of eats you up and it's fun? When I get into something, my wife calls me an extremist because when I get into something, I am immersed in that thing. So when I get into networking, I was networking every single night, except for weekends. Every night I was out there going to a networking event. When I started public speaking, I would do public speaking events three times a week. What she has I've, trained, I've, <laughs> trained, I've trained over 10,000 business owners over the past five years wow. on Google's products and services. I'm a certified Google trainer. So I was so like into it that I OD'd on public speaking. Now I'm doing it two or three times a month. People bring me down to speak and I love doing it. It gives me a lot of energy, sure. but I'm not doing it as much as I did before. The same thing with video. When I did my video, I did 300 street talks in one year. There's only 365 days of the year, but I literally did a, a three-minute video every single day for an entire year. That's insane. Now I'm doing motivation talks, 10-minute videos, every single morning live without preparing anything. Those videos are prepared. This video is literally live on the fly. You don't not sure what I'm going to say. And I have a thousand minutes of motivation that I'm doing. So because I want to get really, really good at adding value. So of right. course, I have to read books and I have to listen to podcasts and I have to write my thoughts down so that I have this on the tip of my tongue. 
but I could literally speak for six or seven hours straight and keep adding value and talk about new and different things constantly because when I'm learning, I'm constantly immersing myself. I go all into the things that I'm right. doing and that's why I end up being able to know things, like know things really well. Like when you took my networking course, I know networking. I know it really, yeah. really, really well. You've done it a lot. In that. Because I've done it a lot. And then I, I go in, I read the books. Yeah. You know, I, I have books after books after books. And I actually read the books and I apply it and I test it out. Yes. You know, I'm going deep on LinkedIn now. I posted a, a, a post on talking about lead nurturing. LinkedIn's so powerful. I posted a post on LinkedIn. I got 125,000 people to see the post. Like insanity. <laughs> that is insanity right but linkedin is the new myspace the new facebook when facebook was before the algorithm started taking over sure. you can use linkedin organic and get some major 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 reach and so i am taking linkedin very very seriously and teaching people how to use it and using it myself and consistently being top of mind is very very powerful absolutely you know i got a question you know when you went from average joe to ceo motivated was there a spark? Was there like a, I don't want to like a rock bottom moment or just a moment where you're inspired? Uh, because I think a lot of people, you know, are out there and whether it's just changing your marketing or changing you as a person, status quo is pretty comfy, you know? Status, fro, status quo is very, very comfy, but I'm the type of person whose why is to find a better way. Nice. That means I'm always trying to tinker. My mother used to call me touchy touch because I used to literally touch everything. I can't keep my hands off something. I got to figure out how it works. I got to reverse engineer it. I got to break it and fix it and break it and fix it and break it and fix it. And sometimes to my detriment, sometimes I end up losing money because I touch it too much. Sometimes I end up ruining a relationship because I end up trying to make the relationship so good. I end up messing it up or I communicate in the wrong way. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is my why. This is my purpose is to go and find a better way for myself, for other people and to do things. So when one of the one of the things that I say is I help hungry entrepreneurs go from frustration to motivation. So you may not know this, but there were many times in my journey that I was super frustrated. I was super frustrated, and those were kind of like the mini rock bottoms. So yeah. I was super frustrated when I couldn't have kids, and when I finally got when my wife finally got pregnant, we had a stillbirth. That was a super rock bottom. I was super frustrated, yeah. and I was totally like I get rid of entrepreneurship. I get rid of everything. And for me, that was like, I felt like I didn't want to live anymore at that point because I was like, my kids are my purpose. And if I can't have kids, what's the point of even being successful? Mm. And then when I had different moments in my life where I tried to do something and it just didn't work, I tried to launch an eBay business and I hired somebody and he ended up being so disorganized that he basically sold a bunch of stuff and didn't ship the stuff. And I was just totally relying on him and ended up canceling my eBay account and I had like $10,000 in fees I had to pay. And it was like this whole thing. And I thought the guy was stealing. Meanwhile, he was just not organized, you know, like, but he was right. so irresponsible. But ultimately, I had to take responsibility for that. And I was so frustrated because I thought I lost all this opportunity. So now I can't do eBay anymore. I'm screwed. That was a blessing in disguise, I realized, because I ended up going much deeper into marketing and trying to figure out how to sell stuff in a different way. Right. And I ended up becoming much more successful doing that. Um, but I had a power seller account. I was so excited. I was making so much money off it, but I'm really glad that that happened. At the end of the day, every time I get frustrated, when I went to a networking event, I told you this story, when I go into a networking event and somebody said, in order for you to promote your webinars, your seminars, you got to go networking. And I started networking. Mm -hmm. I was freaking scared. 
I was frustrated because I didn't know how to network. So I, I wanted to run away. So I went over there. I gave everyone my business card and I ran out of the event. And I'm sitting on a train home and that was rock bottom for me because I was like, I'm never going to be able to be successful because I'm afraid of networking. Mm. So I was so frustrated that I couldn't network. I was so frustrated that I was overweight. I was so, fr- there were moments, there were, I remember specific moments that I was, you know, sitting on my couch, like not fitting into a size 42 pound pants. I was breathing heavy. I was videotaping my kids. And on the re- replay, I heard myself heaving. I was like heaving. And I was like, oh, yeah. I asked my wife, what's that noise? And she's like, that's you. You're like, you breathe like an elephant trying to, to go through a plastic bag or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm done with this. I'm frustrated. So I asked my wife for help. She's like, no, you, you know, I cook too much. It's not going to work. I asked my friends for help. We went to a restaurant and we ended up eating. And that didn't work. <laughs> that doesn't help either. And so then I, I pointed to Facebook and I said, friends, you know, like yeah. this post. I'm, I'm, I hit rock bottom. I don't know what to do. I like this post and I'll run one minute per like. And I used to not get any engagement on my social media. And what happened was suddenly I got 10 likes overnight. I woke up the next morning. I looked at my phone. I was like, holy crap, I got 10 likes. I did this. I did this the next day. I got 20 likes then 30 likes then 50 likes. Before you know it, I'm getting 70 likes a day. And I'm going on this journey of weight loss and personal development and learning how to express myself. So if you go back five years ago to my Facebook and you take a look at some of the videos that I posted and some of the likes, you'll see live, real time, me being 95 pounds heavier than I am today and going through this crazy journey and my whole life completely changed because they say, if you want to grow your business, you got to grow yourself. Yeah. And so you ran like 10 minutes that next day. Yeah. And I and I took a little video and I was like, hi, everyone. This is Joe. Thank you for the <laughs> likes. I just ran 10 minutes. I'm exhausted. I hate you. Let's <laughs> run again tomorrow. Bye. So awkward, right? Like no yeah. value, like totally just like no documenting my journey. But at the end of the day, people yeah. want to see your journey. Yeah. Yeah. Did did you ever have like a uh-oh moment, you know, like the commercial where the, they turn on the eBay store or whatnot and all the orders start spinning around and they're like, oh, how do we handle 10,000 orders? Did you ever have like 50 likes? You're like, oh no, really? I got to, I got to. Yeah, no, I did. We had 70 likes and I was like, I really don't want to do it, but I did it anyway. I went 70 yeah, minutes. Wow. I did it anyway. Yeah. I powered awesome. through and I did it and I walked and I limped and I just did it. And eventually I just started doing it without the likes and it felt really good to be able to just do it. And now every single day I post a selfie on social media. If you look at my Instagram, Instagram.com slash Joe Applebaum, you will see a selfie of me being held accountable every single day exercising. How do you stay consistent with that? You know, because sometimes we can all be like squirrels, like, oh, squirrel, you know, or dog or, you know, just distracted or I I can be really healthy today. But habits, habits, it's all about a habit. So for me, exercise is about what habits. So most people think exercising is a habit of going to the gym or a habit of running. That's not the habit. The habit is getting into your exercise gear first thing in the morning. Mm. That's the habit. Yeah. So the habit is not, so if you, if you have a habit of getting up and going in the shower and then putting on your work clothes, how are you going to exercise? It's not going to work. Right. But if you have a habit of getting up and putting on your exercise gear and getting your phone and putting on Spotify and getting your Matt My Run ready, yep. drinking your water and stretching and meditating, what's next? Running. You're going to feel like a total jackass if you didn't run. You're going to feel like a faker and inauthentic if you took a selfie in your running gear and you didn't actually run. Right. So I take a selfie and then I map my run it to prove to people that I did it because people question me. They're like, there's no way that you run every day. There's no way. You're a liar, Joe. 
And I said, look at my map, my run. <laughs> Public is GPS down. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, on a bicycle. You see, look at my Instagram story. I have my feet running. You know, like people do their feet of right. their story. Sure. I have my feet running. I, if I was doing Snapchat, I would even do the miles per hour. But I don't do Snapchat anymore. It's too much for me. You know, I, I know what you're saying because sometimes in the morning we can make great excuses for ourselves, you know, we, like that self-talk of, well, you've got a cold, so you should probably sleep in today or you've got a this, but I had a headache this morning or I don't Why? know where my clothes are. Where are my gym clothes? I don't even know. So that that's a problem. I probably shouldn't go to that step because right. no running. I had a headache this morning, and you know why I had a headache? Because I went out with my EO forum, and I decided to drink whiskey. Now, I typically don't drink, but they were all drinking, and it was, we had a very special moment. I said, I'm going to sure. have some whiskey. Sure, and we sure. had someone from Ireland, and he was all into his whiskey. I said, I'm going to have whiskey. Okay? Was it EO Ireland? Yes. There's, a, there's an EO everywhere. Yeah, I don't know I if it's EO guys. Ireland, but yeah, we had no, somebody I... from Ireland. Anyway, bottom line is we're sitting around, and we're having whiskeys, and I'm enjoying this. And then this morning, I get up, and I have a headache. Because I was hung over a little bit. I didn't have that many, but I, I'm very sensitive to this. I never drink alcohol. I'm only drinking water. Anyway, so I get up and I'm like, oh, I have a headache. I shouldn't run today. But then I, you know what I told myself? I'm just going to put on my exercise gear and see how I feel. I like that. Because that's what I do. I put on my exercise gear. I drank 32 ounces of water. And I'm like, I'm not going to go for a run. Screw the headache. And then I just started running and the headache went away. Yeah. The headache was gone. And I feel great. And I'm doing a podcast with tons of energy. Woo! And I still have not eaten today. Holy moly. Doing that interstitial fasting? I'm doing what? intermittent fasting because energy, let me say this to you. Energy does not come from food. Yes. Energy comes from what? What does it come from? From your cells. Hey. And in order for your cells to be healthy, you need exercise, you need water, and you need oxygen. Oh. So I learned gotta, that at Tony Robbins, believe it or not. Make that machine. I learned that at Tony Robbins. Yeah. That's one of, the, like, one of the most amazing things I learned there. I was like, oh, my God, energy doesn't come from water. Energy doesn't come from food. Energy comes from water, oxygen, and, and elimination of waste. Your cells need to eliminate waste, and the only way they eliminate waste is through exercise, through jumping. Yeah. yeah. That's Jumping why I do jump shots. You know, that's how we met, actually, was a Tony Robbins Facebook group because we both went to one of those events together. Cool. That's really awesome that we met Small there. Small world. Well, hey, man, this has been cool. This has been really fun. Can you just start rapid firing? We're going to have show notes, but can you throw out what are some good URLs to connect with you? Twitter, where are the yeah. places to get? Yeah, so the best, the best thing to do is you go to joeapfelbaum.com and you sign up for my newsletter. Also on the homepage, you're going to see my motivation group you could sign up to. Yeah. Check out my LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash IN slash joeapfelbaum. Check out my Twitter, check out my Instagram and my stories, sign up to that. And I'm very popular on Facebook, facebook.com slash Joe Applebaum. And if you want more information about Ajax Union, go to www.ajaxunion.com. If you want to sign up to the webinar, you go to slash webinar. If you want to check out the bootcamp, go to slash bootcamp. But look, at the end of the day, it's all about staying in touch and just yeah. drop me a line and let me know that you heard me on Casey's podcast talking about lead nurturing. Just say, Joe, I loved your authenticity. I love the value that you dropped. I love connecting with you. Let's be in touch because I'm a networker. I love introducing yeah. people to other people. So connect with me. Let me know what you're up to and let me know how I can add value to your life. There it is. There it is, sir. Another outstanding morning in the books. Yeah. And don't forget to stay motivated. Yes. Hey, there it is, guys. There it is. Well, thanks again, Joe. I appreciate it, man. 
Yes. I've learned so much and the energy is contagious. Yes. Yes. I am so grateful for you, Casey. Thank you for being in my life. Thank you for doing this. And I look forward to hearing the episode when it comes out live. Absolutely. Here. It'll be out soon, man. So, hey, to all you out there, if you learn something, now don't just reach out to Joe, but share this with someone else. You know, it, you, just, you just heard a treasure trove of amazingness. Like this is the recipe, average Joe, CEO, motivated, crazy guy. <laughs> you want to be there? Do you want to have all those awesome feelings and that energy? This is it, man. So connect with him, but also share this with someone else. Like who's that person you're thinking of? And you're like, you know what? They would benefit from this. Share that with them and uh, just make their day. So, hey, this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show, everybody. With Joe. Hey, Yo. Later. Bring it down, baby. Bring it down. Yeah.